The Holy Spirit is introduced as fire, as water, as wind in the teachings of the Gospels. Gather what you will from these metaphors for the Spirit. The one takeaway that you must note is that these are things to be experienced. The Holy Spirit is meant to come to you as one you experience. So why might you be missing Him? Hello folks, I'm Joe Van Hoogen and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its associate fellowship, The Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. Our ministry has found expression in over 40 countries. To learn more, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. That's traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. We are today considering John 14, 16 and what the Lord Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit. We have said that he was one to be experienced, but the experience he brings is not that of himself. He comes to bring us the experience of Jesus Christ. If you're disappointed that you've missed the electric contact of the Holy Spirit, it may be because you wanted to experience Him, and not the one He has come to magnify. And then He speaks of Himself as returning, and then He speaks of Him giving the Holy Spirit, and then the next thing is, men don't see the Holy Spirit, but you know Him, and He is with you, and then He comes, and I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to be with you, and... The spirit of truth that comes to bring to us a presence and a knowledge is the one who comes to us to bring the one who is speaking to them right now. Christ is speaking to them. This spirit of truth is the one who brings an experience of himself who just in the same chapter has identified himself as the way, the truth, and the life. He comes to make Christ known. Though the world does not know the spirit, Christ is saying, you know him. He dwells with you. He will dwell in you. I will not leave you. I will come to you. Do you see the crossing over here? The Holy Spirit is bringing to us the experience of the Lord Jesus himself. The message reveals to them that the Spirit will bring to them Christ's own self. The words that Christ uses in referring to the Holy Spirit reinforce this thought or this idea. He says, another helper. And in some of our translations, it will say another comforter. That's what the King James says. Or it will say another counselor. That's another one of the translations you might find. I think that's the Holman Study Bible has it that way. Or you have in many of the translations, another helper. Or in some translations, another advocate. And the word another there is an important word. There are two Greek words for another in your New Testament. One is heteros which means another of a different kind, and the other is alos, which means another of the same kind, and Christ employs the word alos here. Another of the same kind. Another of the identical kind. Another what? Well, he says, another parakletos. Another paraclete. The understanding in the Greek of what the word parakletos means is it's one who comes to the side of. Now, this is very interesting. One who comes to the side of. Somewhere along the line, the early church took that idea and that concept of one who comes to the side of, and, and by the way, the most meaningful term for that, the most obvious meaning of that term is advocate, an advocate. Someone who comes alongside of you who is greater and stronger than you and advocates for you, but the early Greek church took that idea of advocacy and chose to see it as meaning comfort, one who comes along and brings comfort to you. Others took that word of advocacy, the one who comes alongside of, and took it to mean someone who brings strength to you, someone who comes and strengthens you or encourages you. 
Again, you have this idea of one who defends or argues for you. And, and then there are others who have the idea that really it's someone who comes along to give you help. Well, actually, let me just tell you, if somebody comes to advocate for you and speak on your behalf that's greater than you, it's a tremendous comfort. That's a great help. That might even strengthen you. There's the idea. Another helper, another comforter, another strengthener. It's an advocate, an advocate. That's what he does comes alongside to comfort and to strengthen and to help. And the Lord Jesus says, another, one just like, another advocate. You know what that means? He's telling his disciples, this is what I've been for you. As I've walked with you and as we've served together and traveled together and been together over these last three or four years, what I have been is one who's come alongside of you to comfort and strengthen and help and advocate for you. In fact, in 1 John 2, 21, John uses this term paraclete, which we understand. If you've grown up in the church or you know it, you've heard any sermons over the course of your life, you'll understand that's a term and a name for the Holy Spirit. John uses the term paraclete for the Lord Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, the apostle John writes, My little children, these things I write to you that you sin not. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate a paraclete, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The picture here is that the Lord Jesus has gone up to be at the side of the right hand of the Father in heaven. And at the right hand and at the side of the Father, he is there to advocate. And what he does is in heaven, he, he advocates the things of earth. He represents you. He represents what he's accomplished for you on the cross. He represents the accomplishment of dying for your sins in your place so that you might be delivered from the punishment of your sins through faith in him. He advocates the righteousness that he presented at the cross, triumphing over death and rising from the dead. And he's saying before the Father, these have been made righteous in me. He advocates as well your weakness and your needs and he speaks on your behalf each and every day, advocating for you the things of earth and heaven. But here's the wonderful thing. Before the Lord Jesus ascended into heaven to advocate the things of earth and your earthly needs in heaven, he came to earth to advocate the heaven's interest in you. He came from heaven to earth to advocate on behalf of Father for our sake, to speak to us of the things of God and the way of God and the will of God and the warmth of God, to bring to us an understanding that the wind of God would blow upon us and the water of God would be poured out upon us and the fire of God might warm us and make us holy. And Christ was delivering and speaking to his disciples throughout his ministry and advocacy from heaven, bringing alongside of us God's nature and God's being so that we might know him, so that just prior to this, when Philip says, Lord, just show us the Father, it'll be enough. Jesus said, have I been with you so long and you don't understand now? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've known me, you've known the advocacy of heaven drawing near to you, bring to you the graces and the experience and the life and the benefit and the blessing that comes from heaven above as you're drawn into a relationship with God himself. I'm here for that purpose. I've been here for that purpose. And now what Lord Jesus is saying is that he was, in a sense, the first paraclete. The first. And now he's telling his disciples, I'm sending you another paraclete, just like me, and he's going to come and he's going to continue to reinforce the things that I've revealed to you and make them known to you so that you can experience me, so that you can know me and experience me. There's a bit of an application for us here. One of the reasons that persons don't 
experience the work of the Holy Spirit, you know? There's an idea we see and we hear something of this sensationalism. You can't read the Bible and read images and expressions and stories of how the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the church and not see that it was dramatic and experiential. I want that. I want to experience those things. And the reason that we don't experience those things, we don't experience the Holy Spirit coming like wind and water and fire is because it's because what they want is an experience of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit hasn't come to give us an experience of himself. He's come to give us an experience of Jesus Christ. To bring near to us the advocacy and the life of Christ, bringing near to us the fullness and the benefit and the blessing and the communion that we realize in the presence of a God who made us and created us and loved us and has sought to draw us to himself. The Holy Spirit comes to bring us the companionship and the fresh and bold encounters that are realized when we, we realize the manifest presence of Christ in our life. People who want experiences and sensations will not get them from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has come to bring us a person, a person. And through that person, the experiences begin to unfold. As we meet and encounter the Lord Jesus and know that he's real and before us, all these other things begin to tell their way into our lives. This week I was driving in my car and I found a DVD that had somehow slipped down so that I hadn't listened to it for years, literally. Pulled it out, put it in. It was the greatest hits of Keith Green. Now, if you grew up in the 70s and you followed the Lord Jesus in the 70s, you know who Keith Green was. He was a a great singer. He died as a very young man. But I popped them in and began to listen to all those songs. And he came out of a time period in the history of the church in which there was a tremendous revival. It was out of the, in the midst of the 70s as young people were looking for experiences, meaning and truth, and wandering off to their little hippie communities and ashrams or whatever it was and coming up dry and empty, that in the middle of that, God saw some truly hungry and desirous hearts and God's spirit was poured out upon them and there was a, a Jesus people movement that began. It, was a, it really was a revival that took place at that time. And he was born and came to Christ in that period of time and... What you'll notice about his songs is they're, they're saturated with his awareness and sensitivity to the person of Jesus Christ and his relationship with him. He wrote songs like, How I Love You, You Are the One, You Are the One for Me. I make my life a prayer to you. Your love broke through. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful to me. Oh, how can they live without Jesus? How can they live without God's love? I don't want to fall away from you. I don't want to fall away from you. You listen to the songs, you sing them, and and they're all about his experience of the Lord Jesus Christ, demonstration of something that the Holy Spirit has brought, consciousness and awareness that Christ is near. When I was a young man, I remember, this would be when I was about 19 years old, that I'd begun a quest maybe the year before to really live for the Lord Jesus and desire to longingly experience him and his imparting his life to me and I actually recall being in my bedroom at different times at night all alone on the other side of the house and letting myself go no one could hear me and just weeping because I wanted the Lord Jesus to make himself real to me I heard the songs I wanted it for myself that year that I was praying those prayers my sister Priscilla was killed in a car accident my parents, my youngest sister, left to go back to Minnesota where she was going to receive a posthumous degree for her college studies. I was left alone 
at home maybe a month and a half, two months after she had passed away, right around there. Oh, I felt that she was gone. I felt it. This just broke my heart. And what was happening to me was I was sensing that every single day that my sister was gone from this world and this earth, I felt further and further removed from her, further and further distance. I was forgetting what she looked like. I was forgetting what she smelled like. I was forgetting what her hand felt like, what her voice sounded like, and it grieved me. And I was in my backyard, I still remember the moment, weeping. God, I'm losing contact with my sister. And then a thought came to me. No, a word came to me. But you're drawing closer to me. But I'm becoming more intimate with you. But you're speaking to me, and I'm speaking to you, and I'm communing to you, and I'm present here. And your walk with me is becoming more and more and deep and more and more real and more and more tangible. And Priscilla is gone. She's out from this world, and she's left this world and this plane, this place. But I'm here, and I'm present, and I'm with you. And I'm the seal and the promise that one day you'll see her again. And what a gift that was to me flooding into me the joy of intimacy you know what that is that's the experience the holy spirit came to bring us the person life of the lord jesus thanks for listening to the bread of life a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the bread of life fellowship in boise idaho i want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every sunday at 11 a.m in the old white church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.